The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means that you are listening to The Crowncast, the show where uh, where we talk about the Charlotte FC and the fact that uh, it happened again. Yeah, yeah, it, it happened again. We went on the road, and uh, there are some extenuating circumstances, which we are going to talk about on Wednesday, I am sure, a lot. Because we didn't have any of our players when we went on the road this time. Uh, we weren't even able to actually fill out an entire bench. But it happened again. It happened again. And here to discuss with me the fact that it happened again is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. How you doing? I am doing well, considering. I mean, I have to admit, there's this thing now about my... My, my being a fan of Charlotte FC that I've just started to believe completely wild crap is true. So like, and we'll get to the goals and stuff later, but Guzman Corujo puts that goal in. And uh, obviously, you know me, I'm a, I'm a Corujo fan. So I was just off of my rocker. And there was a like a strong portion of me, like 70% of me that fully believed in that moment. I was like, this is it. Like, of course, it's going to be the day that we don't have anyone that literally none of the starters are here except for the back two and and Brant Bronico in front of them. And that's going to be the day. That's going to be the day we we, you know, go out and get our first away win. And I think maybe I have Stockholm syndrome at this point. Is that does that sound about right, Justin? I mean, we have definitely been mistreated by this team on the road. Like you said, the extenuating circumstances, I think, pull it back from from looking at this match and saying, oh, we did terribly. But you can also look at this match and go, we were close enough to take the three points in this one. Just like last week in Columbus, we were close enough to take the three points in this one. And just a little bit more, maybe a little bit better finishing, a little bit more composure in front of goal from a central forward. Uh, and we do a little bit better in this one. Yeah, and I am sure that central forward is going to come up in conversation today. Um, I think we just go straight into it. You know, the whole part of these post-reacts is that we don't, we don't, we don't dilly-dally. Uh, do you want to do crowns or cards first? I think let's go ahead and start with the crowns. You know, it's better to start with the good news, right? Yeah, I'm on board with that. So I guess the question for me is, uh, you know what? I'm going to go first. I'm going to be, I'm going to be sure, the guy here. That's fair. Host privilege, all that. Host privilege, all that. Uh, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick my guy. Um, Guzman Corujo gets a crown. <laughs> like, how can you not crown him for that? It oh, was, yeah. it was the Guzman Corujo show. I mean, legitimately. Uh, you know, thanks. Shout out to. Uh, the Queen's firm, who was very kind and hosted us last night. Um, you know, I, I was talking with some of them over there, and and it was. It was the Guzman Carujo show. He was everywhere. Uh, you know, it yeah. looked like Derek Jones was dropping into the back uh, to sort of cover uh, Carujo to go out and, like, put out fires everywhere they possibly could. It was a very defensive system, but if you look at who was on the field, I can't imagine anything else. Um, he looks great. He he had the pressure of an entire game on him today. I don't think his action on their first goal was bad. I don't think he defends it poorly. Um, uh, you know, maybe theoretically it could have done better, but it wasn't bad. Uh, he puts out an incredible number of fires. 
I really want to see the advanced metrics uh, for this game because defenders are hard to put stats on. You know, uh, they there aren't that many things that you can really register for them in stats. And the things you can register are kind of ambiguous, like tackles. You know, what counts as a tackle, what doesn't. How many times does that tackle do something good? How many times does that tackle... Yeah. Yeah. The um, the impactfulness of an interception doesn't translate to the stat sheet. Uh, you know, a simple misplayed ball or, you know, making a last ditch cutout of a line splitting pass look exactly the same on the stat sheet. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting, but ultimately one of the things that I was just thrilled with today is he does get a goal. It's a good goal. He deserves it. Uh, he hits it from roughly the same place someone we're going to talk about later hits it. Uh, and the ball comes in from Anton Walks. So uh, absolutely spectacular that in this game, we're really all, our, all we had was our defensive pairings. Uh, our defensive pairings stepped up into offensive pairings, and a in-ball from Anton Walks for the assist gets the goal for Guzman Carujo. All the, all the credit and all the crowns to him. Justin. And, and yeah, and walks probably deserves, you know, another, again, we'll talk about this more later, but another assist somewhere in the match. But Karuha was, was enormous back there. Uh, you know, I think that he has made a very good case to retain the armband as the leader of this squad, you know, to, to continue to be the captain. Um, cause I don't think that you can look at the, the way Guzman Karuha plays. He's, he is now, you know, with, the absences in yesterday's match, um, the leading minutes player for Charlotte FC. He has not yet missed a minute of a, of an MLS match uh, for not. Charlotte FC this season. And so, you know, you combine that with the, again, you know, some really stellar defensive play. He picked up a yellow card yesterday. It was his third yellow card so far this season. For a central defender, that is a ridiculously low number of yellow cards because there's going to be tactical fouls where you just take the yellow to stop the counterattack. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not like Carujo is not a guy who will put a tackle in. And oh, yeah. he did he it again yesterday in Montreal. Uh, so, you know, you put it all together. He, he was phenomenal. Uh, I think it was past time that he, he you know, managed to pop up and, and snatch that goal. And I think it's great for him that he did. Oh, yeah. Um I really don't think there's that much more to talk about on him other than this was yet again, you know, I, I say that I'm going to say one more thing about him and then I'll shut up. I talked about in the past how I was so thrilled that he seemed to be capable of regularly putting in these like 6.5 sevens. And I don't think he's doing that anymore. I think he's regularly putting in eights, 8.5s and it's just, and maybe that's the benefit of having Anton walks next to him. You know, he feels like he can he can let off a little bit of that responsibility and be more dedicated to what he's doing. But it's just good. It's just it's just really fun to watch and it's really good to watch. And I'm so glad we have him in our defense. Uh Justin, let's move on to your card. Card or crown. Oh, uh, let's move on to crown. You're correct. Okay. Yep. Uh so I'm going to I'm going to give the majority of my I'm going to give a little bit of a split here to a couple of guys who came on and I thought were really imp impressive that I have not seen for the side before. Um primarily to to Quinn McNeil but also a big piece of it to Chris Haggart because these guys came in in the midfield these you know Haggart is a very young guy who recovered from cancer. 
Um, you know, there's a great story. Uh, uh, the first match of our season against the LA Galaxy, uh, Sasha Kleschen, who plays for LA Galaxy now, he he got a chance to visit Chris Hegert when Hegert was very young and in the hospital dealing with cancer. Um, and then they got a chance to play against each other, you know, I think a dozen years later. Mm-hmm. Um, really impressed with him in the attacking midfield in this match with, with not a lot of help around him. He did not look afraid to take anybody on. He did not look afraid to, to try, uh, you know, a creative and dangerous pass. Um, and, uh, I was really impressed with Hager and Quinn McNeil is a guy that we signed right at the beginning of the season and loaned out to the Charlotte independents. Definitely expected him to need some seasoning. Uh, mm-hmm. he's a, a teammate from the college game of George Marks down in Clemson. Um, also, just all over the place, getting stuck in, getting involved in the midfield. They, when they were brought on, they brought an energy to the midfield and a danger to, to Charlotte FC in the attack that we didn't have when we had, you know, supposed starters <laughs> in, in, the, uh, in some of those midfield spaces. Yeah, um, I'm going to weigh in here a little bit because uh, this guy, I, I don't think he's seen a minute since the first game, if that's correct. Um, yeah, Hegert got a, like a, a six-minute run out against LA Galaxy, I think for the feel-good story of, of putting him in there against Question. Yeah, um, but he comes in today and he, he works. He goes at it. There's no like, hey, I'm just here because, because it, 10 people aren't, and so I have to fill in. He went out there and he tried to play like this was his pitch. And... Uh, admittedly, you know, he, he does what he can. He even gets yellow, I believe. Uh, it's a good show out for him, and and I think it's a deserved crown, especially for somebody who who doesn't have those minutes. Yeah, and, and the other piece of it, right, is a lot of this crown comes in comparison to some of the people who, you know, I think need to be carded. So, so I have to ask if we're going to move into cards, because I'll let you do your card first. But are you going to card the uh, first 11 starting attacker that we actually had on the field? Or are you going to card the other first 11 starting attacker that we actually had on the field? Well, I think I'm going to card the one that normally starts in midfield. And then you can card the one that normally starts up top. Uh, so yeah, so my card, my card is going to go to Jordi Alcivar, who he, he had some chances, I think early in the season to really grab hold of that attacking midfield position to, to kind of be the guy who in the future, you know, when Ben Bender is available again, we'll, we'll continue playing in that spot next to Bender in the attack. Um, he had the Olympico, which was awesome. And then he, he, it feels like he's trying to coast on, I scored an Olympico, and he just doesn't work in the midfield anymore. And I, I mean that in both ways. He doesn't really seem to fit with the system. He doesn't show up in dangerous positions to, to play the ball. He doesn't progress the ball forward when he does end up with the ball. Uh, and he also just doesn't put the effort in. <laughs> He's not a willing runner. He's not a guy that is contributing. You know, uh, I I watched Chris Hegert come in and play the game the way he did, and I said, why did Jordi Alcivar stay on the pitch for as long as he did? Because Alcivar was non-existent 
when we desperately needed him down, you, you said it, we were down 10 players. We were down players like TDRTs. We were down players like Ben Bender. We're down Sergio. We were, we're missing creative guys in the midfield. And when that happens, you do ask players to step up. Some do like Guzman Carujo. Some absolutely did not in this matchup in Montreal. And, and Jordi Alcivar just did not do enough in a situation where we needed him to become, you know, really the the metronome, the, the guy that was going to turn and push and draw space and then get the ball to Daniel Rios, get the ball, you know, get the ball into dangerous positions. And it was really disappointing from Alcivar. Yeah, I mean, I think really disappointing is a good way to put it. I, you know, one of the the benefits, the joys of watching alongside a bunch of people, right, is you could see all the reactions and stuff. And one of the things I want to weigh in here is I kind of forgot Jordi Alcivar was there. And I will, I will sort of preface this in the game by going the first 24 minutes. And I remember the 24 minute mark because this is when I had the thought. I was like, man, the only starters we have on this field are the defense. And thankfully we have, you know, in theory, a starting defensive line with Brent Bronico in front of them. And then it's a Carol Swiderski who hasn't played in quite some time and Daniel Rios up top who, and the rest of it is just nothing, right? It's just open space. Not that those guys weren't trying hard, but it wasn't stuff that they were ready for yet. And like 24 minutes in, I I legitimately had the thought to myself, oh, wow, that's Jordi Alcivar that just touched the ball on the pitch. I guess technically he's a starter too. And yeah, the fact not- that I had that thought, that I had forgotten he existed for the first 25 minutes of a game that desperately needed something in that hole in our midfield. I think that says a lot. <laughs> like, uh, he just, he wasn't there. And when he was there, he was playing wall passes back to his defense. I, I don't think, I, honestly, I kind of want to go back and rewatch this game just to count how many times he actually tries to play progressive. Well, and, and I think it's a further indictment when you see Hegert come in and it's not like the spaces weren't there against Montreal. You know, the they were leaving spaces in the attack, and we saw Chris Hegert and Quinn O'Neill come in and start taking advantage of those. I thought that, you know, he's he's maybe a little bit more limited uh, technically, but I thought Coa Santos, uh, again, sort of thrown into a starting spot here, um, mm-hmm. did did pretty well trying to progress the ball forward kind of in this really weird position for him as a right winger, right midfielder. But at least he was willing, at least he was running, at least he was trying to get on the end of passes and play it forward and stuff. Um, and and then there's just Alcivar, and it it circuit breaks everything in the attack when when Guzman Carujo and Anton Walks and Brant Bronico do good defensive work and turn and normally this team has a Ben Bender there. Normally this team has a TT Ortiz there. Normally this team, you know, has an Andre Shinyashiki making the runs on the wings or something like that. Or, we didn't or even have a Mackenzie Gaines who has that lightning speed and can break away from defenders. Like, Yeah, and we didn't have those things today, but that made it more important that Jordi Alcivar do something positive, and he just didn't. No, he really did not. It was a really disappointing from Jordi Alcivar, and you're right. Every time I see a corner kick, and actually I was very pleased because 
I think they let him take one corner kick from that side. And he clearly tried to recreate the Olympico. Like it was not even an attempt at kicking it anywhere near where anyone could hit. Missed the goal he by ab- like 20 he miles. absolutely would have scored that Olympico if the goal was 60 feet tall and 80 feet wide. Yes. I mean, if we changed the dimensions of the goal by a very large margin, it could have gone in. Um, and I was really glad to see that uh, he didn't take another penalty kick. I think uh, he may have taken yeah. one after that, not penalty kick. He didn't take another corner. Um, I, I think that was a possibly very intelligent move from Christian Lozanzio to be like, look, your job is to put the ball into a dangerous area, not to not to try for the one in a million again. Uh, frustrating. It's, it's indicative of that, his his mindset is I need to try and score this world. I need to try and score the the near impossible rather than potentially trying sets up to set something up possible for my team. Yeah. Um, and I really dislike that. And and it was really disappointing to see from, from Jordi Alcivar yesterday. And I personally struggle with this because I have seen Jordi Alcivar go out there and tear that pitch up. I've seen him go out there and put in the work. I've seen him go out there and just absolutely obliterate defenses and be progressive and, and work hard and be a part of the team. And, and then just some days he just doesn't just ceases. Can I ask you a exist. question about that though? Uh, yeah, I mean, have, have you seen it since the Olympico? Mm, yes, one game. I think it was like two games after the Olympico. He went out there. He got dropped. Uh, so it was like four games after the Olympico. He went out there. He got dropped for kind of, I think, coasting. And then he, he got a chance back on the side in that one game. He really busted it and really played well. Um, but since then, no. Okay, we, we are going to have to move on. Uh, because yep. I don't even think Jordi Alcivar is the biggest talking point in this game. Uh, not. I no. I have to card Carol Swiderski. Yeah. I understand this guy just came back from international duty. I understand that he um, is working in a offensive line that is not something he's accustomed to. I understand he is playing off of the left. Maybe not his preferred position. All of that stuff is irrelevant when you're on the ground 90% of the time. And even more so irrelevant when you are standing in the middle, dead middle, on the six-yard box with no one around you in any direction. And you get a ball directly to your favored foot. And then I, missed I, twice, I, like once into the, directed straight into the keeper, take the rebound and miss the rebound. There, there were two attempts there, and both I of just, which should have been goals. I don't. So one of the big uh, things that he said is he's not getting chances, right? Chances don't come better than that. Like on your favored foot, that ball wasn't fired in at him. He had time to see it coming. There was no one around him. He has time to control it. Uh, All he has to do is have a vague knowledge of where the keeper is and tap that ball into the other side of the goal. Don't get me wrong. It's challenging. If you put any regular person in that position, they would probably miss that. But these aren't regular people. They are MLS professionals. He is the talisman of this team. And, I mean, right now, I have to say, if we got another chance like that, 
I, I would put Andre Shinoshinki there. I, I mean, I wouldn't even give him the chance. I'd just be like, nope, Andre Shinoshinki, take that. Or Ben Bender with his touch. Or Jordy Alcivar. I, mean, I, 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 I even I, think Rios puts that away uh, uh, you know, more reliably at this point than, than Swiderski does. Yeah, I, I think I've given Swiderski a lot of flack for the fact that he is very one-footed. Uh, you know, I have come onto this podcast a number of times and I have said, hey, this guy's left foot is stupidly good, right? And, and it is. And this doesn't take away from the fact that his technique on his left foot is mind-boggling. But you have to put that away. I mean, that is guilt-edged. And the second one, I think the second one is more forgivable than the first. I still don't think it's good. But the fact that those two chances come back-to-back and both are scuffed as badly as they are, it it hurts. We we should have had that goal. I I think that nine times out of ten we should have that goal. And if that's the talisman of your team, it should be casual it should be oh hey i just showed up to work today i'm casually doing my job and then we'll go put the ball in the center circle and we'll go back and we'll tap in another one and it costs us a point on the road you know it's a it's a late late opportunity and so finishing the opportunity draws us level and, and probably takes us the point on the road you know nothing is certain obviously in football there, there's definitely a chance that that could have come back but but there's also a like chance we run right up the field and score another one right like those chances go both ways. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, to touch on the other point that you mentioned earlier, this is still a guy that in a physical league like MLS falls down when there's somebody sort of a few feet away from him, uh, you know, when there's the slightest bit of pressure. And there's, there's ways, there's times where you buy the foul. There's times where you're looking, you know, if you're back to goal out near the corner flag or, or, you know, in one of those wing positions, shield the ball, take the contact. Maybe you go down a little bit easier than you, you absolutely could have because you're not headed towards goal. It's not a dangerous position. It doesn't seem to matter to Swiderski if he's in a dangerous position or not. When the contact comes, he goes down. And there are times where it is so frustrating because all I want to see is a player with some skill ride a challenge out and then use that skill to be in a dangerous position and get a shot on goal. Yeah. And uh, I want to be perfectly clear. I don't have any problem with Carol Soderski's effort. I think he goes out there and puts 110% on the field every single time. Uh, I just don't see right now where his skills are going to transition into this league effectively. And that worries me. Uh, you know, it's not just me out here that's saying these, the, it's asking these questions of Carol Swiderski. Go to any, any public event where you watch a Charlotte FC game and listen to people talk. I mean, I heard the words from an, uh, from an unnamed person of the worst signing of Charlotte FC about Carol Swiderski. And this is a guy who has, what, four goals? Uh, which means the, the product he is bringing since then has really, really fallen off. And we're going we're gonna to need to see some changes, uh, either in the way he plays his game. And again, to be fair, he's playing off the left here. All of this is caveated. Maybe he comes back into 
uh, the role and Daniel Rios sits and he gets that top spot and he looks a little better. I don't think he was as comfortable on the wing. I don't, he didn't look like he really knew what he wanted to do out there uh, other than just run really hard. Um, and I don't really have too much more I want to say on it. Justin, do you want to, you want to say anything else about Carol Swiderski's performance? The only thing, the, the only thing I want to add is like you said, right now, when these chances come uh, at the front of our attack, when these opportunities show up and, and, I've knocked him lately for his finishing. I would rather have Andre Shinyashiki up there getting these opportunities and, and getting these passes uh, as the central striker uh, instead of Kairos Swiderski at the moment. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Um, so I do want to uh, give a really quick like half-crown shout-out to a couple people who I feel like deserve it. Justin, do you have one that you would be able to do like a half-shout-out for? Yeah. And these, we're just going to mention them. We're not going to go into it. Uh, I think Derek Jones puts in a job. Um, I think everybody knows Derek Jones's limitation. I think he goes out there and he works his butt off. He tries to help everywhere he can. He tries to put out every fire he can. And uh, I think his effort shows on the pitch. Justin, you have one you want to call out? Yeah, uh, George Marks takes his opportunity. He, he's you know called in an injury uh, illness protocols to step in between the posts for for uh, Christian Kalina. Who congratulations to to Christian Kalina became a father over Father's Day weekend. So congratulations to him on that. Congratulations, Christian. Um, but uh, but Marks is not really at fault for either of the goals. You know, we'll talk about that. I think more uh, in our Wednesday pod and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and performed admirably. The same George Marks that we saw in the U.S. Open Cup matches. Uh, we saw you know between there, and it's good to see that we got a good backup. Yeah, he's he is a sparky goalkeeper, and I think definitely needs more time to perfect his craft. But you are right in the fact that he he goes and he puts in a shift for us today. So all the credit to him. Uh, Justin, your final two sentences to take us home. I mean, I thought we were through COVID, and and again, I don't know that I really like going up to Canada, but uh, I, I'm used to losing on the road, dropping points on the road at this point. So, so that that's it. That's just going to be that you have become yeah, accustomed. Uh, we're just to gonna it. we're just gonna tail off at the end of that comment. It's just yeah, okay, it happened. Well, uh, I guess that I will give my final two sentences, uh, and that is there is a Charlotte FC super fan in me that still believes and always will, and I love this club, even when the crazy stuff happens. So uh, with, with that, we will talk to you on Wednesday as we go further into breaking down Montreal versus Charlotte FC. Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com